Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, guys. Welcome to our show. Today we discuss how you can repurpose your content to create more pieces of content from one piece of content. I usually do it. I love it because I can cover uh, more people. I can help more people share value in different formats. Uh, that's why I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Amy Woods. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to this conversation. So thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> yeah, it's a big pleasure. Uh, and I know it's not only that uh, content creators need to repurpose content, they need to get results. Because, for example, if you repurpose content for the sake of having it, you can't get results. And I, I, I made these mistakes before. I tried to repurpose content everywhere, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok. But, you know, I failed. I failed because I just... Uh, edit content without trying to engage with the audience so yeah and i didn't consider uh, audience preferences that's why i want to learn more about that right now i <laughs> pay attention to specific platforms amy before we start just tell more about yourself experience background and why you decided to share with us about uh, repurposing content <laughs> yeah sure i'll try and keep it uh, keep it brief but um so i run a content agency called Content 10X. Um, so I guess like a little bit more in terms of background as you, as you, as you um, asked about that. Um, before that, I actually was a management consultant for uh, just over a decade, actually. So a very different career. Um, I was working in mergers and acquisitions with big Fortune 500 companies. So um, like completely different to what I do today, but there's lots of skills that transfer actually into running a content agency specifically around running and optimizing lots of different processes and process improvement and uh, working with our clients so um you know there's transferable skills but still quite a different background um but i got into content repurposing when i started a business after my management consultancy which was around online console online business consultancy so working with companies to provide support uh, remotely like by like masterminds and um, coaching and consultation and realize the importance of content like content marketing specifically at that point for me in like growing a personal brand i guess and um i was really drawn to you know the benefits of content repurposing and the sort of processes and the way that you can optimize your content in order to reach more people and I guess that's when I was doing it for myself and realized there was an opportunity for providing that kind of service to businesses and to content creators so I guess kind of then fast forward in today so at Content 10x we work with businesses, mainly B2B businesses and largely in the tech space and also some professional services companies as well. And we're working to just help them uh, make more from their content. So I guess kind of do more with less and to maximize video, audio content. We do a lot with podcasts, a lot with video podcasts, but also webinars, virtual events, talks, um, and really just kind of making the most out of the content that they create. So we provide that as a service, as an agency, and then we also help people through uh, lots of free content as well from the podcast, from the book. We have a toolkit as well. So yeah, lots of, everything that we do is about helping people become better 
at repurposing their content. <laughs> yeah, nice. Love your experience. Love what you do. Can you tell about your unique selling proposition? I think we have many different agencies, uh, competitors. Can you tell uh, how you stand out from the rest? What kind of benefits can you provide compared to others? And tell how to, uh, I don't know, to, uh, to create many fish from one fish you know that <laughs> we know from this legend yeah absolutely i mean i think one thing is that we are the you know we were the first content repurposing agency so we've been been around the longest and kind of have paved the way for other content repurposing agencies so as far as i'm aware unless somebody one day corrects me we were the first content repurposing agency and i think there are different ways that we differentiate ourselves one is that we provide a fully end-to-end -end service to our clients so i think sometimes people can get support with the creation side of things where they'll get support with a video side of things podcast design writing um, but the content will be created and then you know the you know the the person the the client would then have to publish that content themselves or their team would then distribute that content um so we do everything so we do all of the content creation and all of the distribution and management and publishing of the content too which is somewhat of a differentiator but also um I guess like the areas that we work across as well so again I think it's quite common to work with um, like businesses and teams that might repurpose video to written or repurpose video into smaller video or podcasts into audiograms and you know kind of um, more sort of uh, niche in terms of staying with a particular format but because our team consists of writers designers podcast editors video editors um, you know a whole different skill set we'll be able to take something and then work across lots of different mediums so to you know image carousels and images infographics to videos to produce podcasts to um, long form written articles LinkedIn posts etc so I think it's probably just like the multitude of different types of content that we work with as well and then and then another like massive aspect of repurposing it's actually the decision process that goes into the to the repurposing so you know the the art and science of it and working out what are the best bits from this podcast or this video or this blog post or webinar and you know what is the most impactful and which small section of this will resonate with an audience on TikTok versus resonate with the audience over on LinkedIn or Twitter so you know another thing that we've become skilled at over the years is it's actually the thought process as well it's the it's the decision making and we work really closely with our clients that we're very much more an extension of their team you know our clients will have content teams social media teams quite often or sometimes it's just a like one person marketing team but um it's about being an extension of the business as well and understanding them and their audience and knowing you know the actual like sort of strategic reasons behind why we would repurpose that into that particular piece of content for their LinkedIn audience and that kind of thing so I think it's that as well it's that you know it's the strategic side as well as the creation and distribution mm -hmm. yeah awesome uh and if i got it 
correctly, uh, your team can help to create content as well, not only to repurpose content, because if you have writers, uh, video editors, so you can help to create content and divide this content to small pieces or, I don't know, uh, or unite to long pieces. Uh, so uh, you mean like uh, you more uh, not repurposing just for creating content and repurposing as well. Uh, am I correct? Yeah, we do like we do tend to work specifically on the repurposing. So it would be that we do need an original piece of content to begin with, but not for every service that we provide. So most of the work that we do, um, we do need that original piece. So it might be, um, let's say, a video podcast episode, but then we'll turn that into long form blog posts, into shorter videos, into yeah, into the good. podcast episode itself. But we do um, work with uh, with businesses that actually, you know, would really struggle to create that core original piece of content to begin with. And in that case, what we do is we'll do recorded video conversations with people within the business, just like we're doing now. So the a recorded video conversation like we're having now um where we would then you know get lots of really great um conversation out of that lots of points made you know there's a, there's a relaxed conversation aspect to it as well because whilst it's video content it's talking to somebody else it's talking to someone from content 10x but in a nice relaxed informal setting but we'll get all of that on video and then from that or that awesome video content of someone expert in the in the business talking about something that we've pre-agreed, a topic that we pre-agreed, um, we'll then be able to um, turn that into YouTube videos, into podcast episodes, blog posts, LinkedIn posts, tweets, you know, all sorts of content. So that that's one thing that we do. And that's when it starts from a video interview with people within the business but otherwise we would need the content to come to us for us to then do our thing basically <laughs> yeah got it got it uh, uh i found that you know my audience is different on youtube on uh linkedin yes. uh, on yeah. my website and if i repurpose content uh, that uh, for example, can get engagement on LinkedIn. It doesn't mean that I can get this engagement on YouTube. Uh, even once I decided to uh, to use uh, the same buying persona for my website and YouTube, I took uh, this buying persona from my website, but I failed. Uh, nobody cares uh, so uh, then i started to research more and i found that people are different you know even if they have uh, the same demographic they have different mindset can you tell yeah. about uh, finding the right uh, methods to repurpose content considering uh, people on specific platform yeah i think it's really important to think about that and it's funny because um a podcast episode that we just recorded a couple of days ago for us that goes live next week is called something like why content repurposing is not about being everywhere. Um, because I think sometimes people think that content repurposing, the end game is just, oh, it's just all about taking something and then being everywhere with it. Um, but it's not. Content repurposing really does has to be have to be both platform focused and audience focused. So even though you have like a core piece of content, like a, like a video, just like we're recording right now, um, you still need to have a very specific approach to the content that you put on the social media platforms and, and understanding 
why your audience are on that platform and the kind of content that they would want to see from you on that platform. And you know, and then you need to make sure that when you repurpose um, the content that you are therefore then like taking that in mind and, and having very specific different types of content for the different platforms. And it is often trial and error and it is like seeing what resonates with your audiences on the different platforms. But I, I think it's a few things. I, th I think... One thing is just being really aware of platform specific features so that it doesn't appear like you literally are just cutting and pasting something from one place to another without respect um, for the platform. So um, I just mean platform nuances. You know, you don't use hashtags on Facebook. So if you were just going to use the exact same post with the exact same copy from Instagram to Facebook, it would look unplatform specific that you just have all these Instagram hashtags on a Facebook post it wouldn't make any sense so you know just little things like that or if you're repurposing from um, let's say for example you create vertical video so you repurpose this interview that we're doing now into some vertical content and those vertical videos could work really well as YouTube shorts as well as TikToks and as well as Instagram reels but you'd still want to be thinking about you know, the, the audiences on those platforms and the segments from this that would make sense. And then also consider platform specific features, like um, even down to things like the cover image. So the video cover being more the aesthetic that your Instagram audience would be appreciative of versus like uh, the TikTok audience or the YouTube shorts audience. So it is, it is really important to not just appear like you have this one size fits all approach and that you're actually considering each platform from those perspectives. And, and even down to the example I just gave then of, of vertical videos, you'll even find that you have diminished reach on the platforms if you are like cutting and pasting, like say a TikTok video onto Instagram reels, because there's going to be the TikTok watermark on that video and Instagram aren't going to give it a lot of reach. Um, so yeah, you, you need to consider that. And I think um, it's also just thinking about how people find you as well, because a lot of the short form content that you create it's, it's actually trying to attract the new audiences as well. It's the people who have never found you before and are more likely going to initially find you on their phone, like scrolling through something on social or YouTube shorts or something like that. And they'll initially find you. And then you have to create enough of that shorter form content for them to eventually be a bit more interested to see, you know, what your longer form content is and, and, and be more sort of trusting of you and willing to spend a bit more time with you um so you have to think about the journey that you take people on on the different platforms are going to have different journeys so um it's a really really easy mistake to make to initially think that it is just a you know like like the platform doesn't really matter as long as it's the right kind of content we'll just put the same thing across different platforms but as you mentioned you soon realize that it doesn't save you time overall because you don't, if you don't get results from that content, then it actually wasted time in the long term. So it's not worth <laughs> worth doing. So, um, so yeah, super, super, super important, but a really easy mistake to make as well. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, for me, I, I love creating content and uh, I never waste my time even if I can't get results because I can learn what works, yeah. what doesn't work. So because nobody knows exactly what kind of content you need to create. And uh, I usually avoid best practices 
because uh, you know uh, best practices usually highlight the average data from others but if it it's not related to my strong side. Why I need to consider best practices? <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, I have the question about uh, another important element when you create content, uh, getting leads, sales. Uh, because, for example, uh, I see when content creators chase uh, likes, comments. Uh, uh, for example, uh, once I got 300,000 views from one post on LinkedIn, but I didn't sell anything. With this <laughs> yeah. post. Uh, uh, but I know when people can submit something valuable, get a few likes or no likes, no comments, but they get two leads uh, and sell product. Can you tell about the call to action? Because it's not only about repurposing content. It's more about how we can sell with this content because content creators chase um, this um, Vacuum metrics, uh, likes, comments, shares, but uh, we need to sell because it's fuel. Can you tell more about that? Yeah. So is your question around like what what kind of metrics to look at, or more or more yeah. just around like the process? Um, I think when it comes to uh, like repurposing content, <clears throat> and um, you so I often get asked, how do you measure? You know the the actual like impact, and and as you said, I think then you have to know exactly what your you know what what do you measure what is your measure of success um is it likes comments and shares or is it uh, people filling in your inquiry form discovery calls the number of proposals that you're sending out and the number of sales that you're getting um and i think for most people it, it is it's it's going to be we're doing content marketing for a reason and everybody knows that and it's actually down to those sales so you know likes and shares aren't a form of currency ultimately are they so you still need to actually you know make those sales so in terms of like you know measuring um you know what we tend to do is we'll know for the different platforms you know what we want to um consider the like the metrics that are important to us and what what we're measuring um so that might be looking into google analytics and making sure that we are looking at how many people are coming from linkedin or facebook or instagram to the certain pages on our website so looking at the sort of traffic analysis and seeing if we're driving people um and we'll also be looking at the the calls to action the specific calls to action and seeing um the metrics within that so you know different um platforms and different types of posts we're going to be tracking different metrics but i, I just think it you know it is really important that it doesn't really matter whether it's a repurposed piece of content or you know uh, just a native piece of content to that site that um wasn't repurposed you should still be measuring the same um metrics and the same uh, sort of overall outputs and ultimately they should be leading to sort of business growth um i think sometimes like when people say though that the likes and comments and shares are like vanity metrics and you know people should almost ignore them and actually focus on like inquiries proposals lead sales i don't necessarily think that's always uh true in terms of we like to make sure that we create social content where often the actual like the ultimate goal of that post was engagement so for some posts the ultimate goal is that people will go and take our scorecard or people will um you know whatever it is fill inquiry form people will go and listen to the longer form podcasts or blog posts and like consume more content within our website but uh, quite often like the shorter 
value add pieces that we share on social platforms um we've done it specifically because we want engagement actually because the goal of this was comments shares likes and just engagement overall so then i think in that case it's fine to be measuring those but i think you then have to have a nice balance of the number of uh, posts that you do purely for engagement and the number of posts that you do for another call to action taking people to your site and taking action on the site and just make sure that you have a good balance and quite often you'll find that if you are doing posts purely for engagement and you're getting a lot of people engaging with those posts then when you have posts that have calls to action they're going to get greater reach and greater call to action overall because people have been 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 happy responding to your non-cta posts that were just for engagement that they'll then see the post that requires a little bit more from them so I, i think you just kind of need to mix it up but just don't don't start measuring one thing against a parameter wasn't actually the point of that post in the first place and then become sort of disappointed with the output i think Mm -hmm. yeah uh let's talk about uh promotion or engagement for example if i uh, create a piece of content i can divide or unite with other pieces to create cohesive new complete piece of content but i found for example if i add Uh, content to different platforms without engagement it's hard to get results uh, except tiktok on tiktok I, i'm not sure it's a good idea to spend time to promote to engage with others because tiktok is very smart you know to understand what kind of content you have uh, so if you create engagement content it's enough to submit on tiktok and get results but for uh, facebook youtube linkedin it's better to promote to spend time with promotion for example on youtube i found it's better to uh, uh share uh, new videos uh, on social media uh, on specific groups because if you get results uh, in the first 24 hours it's a big chance uh, to get engagement in the long run because it's like mm-hmm. uh, youtube videos can work uh, for many uh, days even uh, years can you tell about engagement Uh, how to provoke engagement on your pieces of content if you repurpose on different platforms? It's not only to uh, for the sake of editing, just how to tell people I have uh, great, valuable, helpful content. Please uh, take actions with my content. <laughs> so do you mean like engagement in terms of actually um, getting them to consume a longer piece of content uh, or just comment uh, like anything share yeah. for example if i create content i can ask in the end of my post uh, please uh, uh, comment below share your thoughts about that what do you think uh, when people uh, make these actions uh, platform can show to more people you know this yeah. piece of content yeah i think um you know like it when it comes to trying to make sure that you are creating posts that will be engaging and that people will as you said kind of engage with them whether it is liking commenting sharing or like clicking on links that you provide i think um like it just comes with time it comes with knowing your audience and it comes with monitoring what they have engaged with in the past and really paying attention to the types of posts that did get that engagement and the types of posts that didn't and then over time you know just going a bit more all in on the on the types and of content and the types of formats and the like the length of copy the kind of questions that you're asking to to realize like what your audience engages with um 
and then occasionally I suppose like it you know do experiments where you do something a little bit different and throw that out there and see how people respond but it it just comes more with um I think knowing your audience I also think empathy um I mean you know truly asking yourself like would I engage with this like being like like really brutally honest and thinking you know am I being a little bit delusional in thinking that like everyday people that are just so distracted with so many other things going on in lives and so many um different things that they're probably even looking at at that moment in time when they're looking at social and doing other things you know is this is this like engagement worthy like like genuine empathy towards um is it and then if it's not you know making the call as to whether you should be putting it out or whether you should be making changes um and i think it's also about not being too repetitive with the calls to action that you have as well so like i I was just saying about making sure that you have a nice mix of posts that are purely on platform engagement there's no click there's no link you're not asking them to go anywhere you've just provided something really valuable and you're just asking for comments for likes for shares you know something staying within platform and easy to engage with and then mixing it up with slightly bigger bolder calls to action like expecting somebody to click on something and go elsewhere so I I think you need to kind of make sure that you vary the, the ask that you have of people try and make sure that you have more posts that ask less of people and then like fewer that ask more of people um keep your eyes open and be you know looking at what works and what doesn't work um, and just have that empathy as well like you know truly like would I engage with this if I saw this and just trying to be a lot more empathetic with your audience I think as well (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah uh let's talk about you know one uh master uh, of repurposing content, Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, Gary V. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he claims a lot that you need to create content at scale, a lot of content. And once I remember uh, someone asked him how uh, many times to post content, he replied as maximum as possible. If he has time to post 24 uh, times a day, he probably do, but it's uh, just lack of time. Uh, and uh, can you tell how to find the balance between quality and quantity mm. because you know many marketers tell you need to create only high quality content i agree with that uh, for google but uh, i disagree for social media let me tell you why yeah. uh, for example on social media most posts are dying for a few hours uh, sometimes for a few minutes uh, okay a few days if you spend so much time to create masterpiece of content you know awesome high quality content uh, and I did it uh, I spent so much time uh, when I got a few likes comments uh, I got it it's not the best approach because when I create quantity it doesn't mean that I uh, decrease quality uh, quality of course uh, but uh, I usually yeah. uh, think more about quantity and some of this post can get high engagement a lot of results uh, 100,000 views uh, when I didn't expect to get these results. So uh, can you tell about your uh, best approach, uh, how to create, uh, to find the balance between quantity and quality? Yeah, I completely agree with you. It's funny, isn't it, sometimes how 
um, you know, you'll put your all into a piece of content and, and nothing will happen. And then you'll do something that you, you spent like 30 seconds on like a quick video or something. And that's the one that everybody loves. And so it's the social media world is funny like that. And um, I, I agree with you in terms of um, like the differences between like big, big sort of epic, I suppose, cornerstone pieces, as we often call them on uh, your website and the the main channels that you produce the long form content and then being as higher quality as possible versus, you know, the sort of the quality play on, on um, social media. And I, I don't think, I, I don't mean quality as in the quality of the messaging, which I think always should be, you know, of the highest quality providing um, good advice, tips, high quality messaging and more mean production value. So if you're doing short uh, little um, videos for social media or graphics that like you said are probably going to have a lifespan of like 20 minutes on Twitter before they're gone but you know they're going to get lost and everyone's moved on then it doesn't make sense to you know kind of you're not building the Sistine Chapel here you're just putting something out that's going to be like looked at very quickly and um, so the production value actually people prefer like raw authentic like lower quality in a way production value on some of the social media channels because they are supposed to be um more off the cuff and grab your camera and speak to camera it doesn't need to be in a studio um but i think you can you just need to sort of balance both so like gary vaynerchuk is a good example because um you're right he creates absolutely loads of content to the point I, like I, I don't follow him on any platform anymore because I was just seeing too much of his content so I unfollowed him on every platform but I do remember when I used to follow him um it was quite relentless um but you have to remember that he has a huge team of people like I, I'm not sure um specifically anymore but I know when I was at event an event a few years ago that he was at there was like 10 interns just running around documenting his every move and running off to computers to share like the next like little video or the next tweet and things like that not everybody has a huge team of interns that are documenting like everything that you do and creating all of your content so you have to be realistic with time and resources and then get your priorities right so you know I I tend to say that all repurposed content should be repurposed from a really epic quality piece of content. So it's more about, it's kind of like doing more with less, but making sure that that core piece is of the highest quality. So for example, if you are, if you write blogs, if you're creating blog posts and you want to try and rank on Google for these really great epic blog posts, then I think they should you should spend a lot of time on those. You should have your unique point of view. Um, maybe you can incorporate some independent surveys or research that you've done um, and just make that a really great piece of content and put a lot of time and effort into that. And then that's when the repurposing can begin. And that's when that really great piece of content can become Twitter threads, LinkedIn posts, like you've got maybe 10 key points that you made grab your camera and share those 10 key points as like uh, social media videos um maybe jump on the mic and talk about some aspects of that and create lots of content from it but the whole point is the first piece was of a high quality so from high quality content comes high quality repurposed content so you aren't going to lose that you're just going to be um sort of sharing those points those tips those messages point of views 
in different ways, in micro formats or in different formats from text to video to audio to graphics and things like that. So it's kind of like a long-winded answer, but I think that you, you need to focus on quality and then your repurposed content will be of quality too. But there can be different production values associated with a short little 10 second video versus a like YouTube video or an, an epic blog post. It's kind of like, you just need to, like you said, balance out um, the long longevity of the content. Like what is the longevity of it there for? How much time should we invest in it? But um, if it all spins from the quality content, then the fact that you're doing more with less ultimately will mean that you'll create more quality content from it. Um, so balance your time and your resources and get your priorities right, I think. It then comes down to what platforms do you focus on. Don't focus on them all. If your audience are really only on LinkedIn and Twitter and they're not really on the other platforms or not much, then don't even look at those other platforms. And just go all in on the ones that they are um, and just make sure that you have like those systems and processes from the epic quality content to begin with and then repurposing for the right platforms from that. So that's what I think people should do when it comes to the quality play. Yeah, nice, nice, good advice. Uh, okay, let's talk about uh, another aspect that I see uh, can stop many content creators, uh, mm -hmm. patience. You know, uh, <laughs> I found that many content creators, uh, uh, it's not only about me. Yeah, uh, a few studies share that uh, uh, Content creators don't record the second uh, podcast episode, don't film the second video, don't write the second article because they can't get results from the first one. You know, mm. uh, for me, I don't know how to get results from the first 10 pieces of content, even 100 pieces of content. Sometimes you need to get experience, confidence, uh, with consistency, then uh, when you are ready, you can uh, create something meaningful that people will like, share and buy your products. So it takes time, you know, to improve your uh, quality uh, by creating quantity. Uh, can you tell about patience, for example, if some content creators can't get, get results? Uh, your advice, what to do, how to be patient that uh, it will come for some time, uh, so uh, you can achieve it. I remember PewDiePie, uh, he filmed 100 videos to get uh, 285 subscribers. Right now he has 110 million. Mr. Beast yeah. filmed videos uh, for an year and a half to get first thousand subscribers. These guys didn't give up. They just uh, uh, choose their way. So tell about patience. How to consider this metric when you create yeah. content? It is a good question. And I think... Um, you know, content marketing is a long game and you do really need to be patient and you need to be, you know, realistic with um, how long things could take to really gain traction. And it, it, it's a great question because if you go into it and you don't realize how patient you're going to have to be and you do just expect to get Mr. Beast-like results um, straight away. And like, like you just said, like Mr. Beast didn't immediately start with like, you know the the millions of views and and everything either did he? he's got quite an interesting story of patience as most people do but we only tend to see the end result and, and then think that we can get there quickly i think um i don't know i can only really talk from my own personal experience that i think like you know i i had to be patient and there were a couple of things that i guess helped me with that um one thing was just a genuine confidence that the content was a good quality. Um, 
like really taking time to understand my audience and know the questions that they're asking and the um you know the content that would be helpful for them and having a, a constant I guess confidence that this is helpful content you know it might not be getting um the millions of of people coming to the website yet and and it's taking a bit slow on the social but I'm getting enough feedback from small groups of people that this is really useful that you know if they're my target client and they're finding it really useful then in time as more people find it um they will so I think just don't don't slack on the quality so that you have your inner confidence that it is quality content and you know like having that with you I also think um I also think it kind of comes down again I, I know it's funny because I would say this but the repurposing side if you know that you are getting more from it as well so um say for example podcasts you know that podcasts are a slow game it takes a while for a podcast to gain traction I would say that I did a weekly podcast you know every week for at least a year before I really felt like I was starting to get people getting in touch with me inviting me onto their podcast being asked to speak at you know like virtual events and events and things like that but it was at least a year so 52 episodes but actually it was probably more the two-year point to be honest where things probably took off even more like being asked to speak at more events going on more people's podcasts and things like that so that would have been like a hundred and four constant weekly podcasts but I kept the faith because I was doing more from that as well so the podcast episodes because they were becoming the weekly blog posts and they were becoming you know five or six uh, posts going out on Instagram LinkedIn and Twitter or whatever it may be but we were also looking in the business as well as to how to leverage the content for other purposes as well so in sales collateral um you know in our kind of credentials packs and things like that um in like quarterly newsletters that we'd be sending out and things like that so Another way I think of like keeping the faith and it you do need to keep the faith is um is is that as well. It's um making sure that you're getting more return on investment and looking at the things that you can do that it isn't just going to be waiting for downloads and stuff, but that also has become X, Y, and Z. So that makes it even more um useful to do. And then I think the other thing as well is just like making sure that you are looking at what you are measuring things by and being patient but then knowing the point at which you do need to take action if you aren't seeing the results that you want so you know being patient to a certain point but then not being afraid to actually draw the line and say I need to make I do need to make a change here because maybe something isn't quite right and I need to slightly tweak my format or something like that but don't change everything really quickly make small changes and little nuances and things like that because it might just be the smallest change that has a, a bigger impact so you know don't change everything at once just change little things little tweaks little changes and measure them um and just yeah like then just um continue <laughs> continue with that patience <laughs> maybe another good thing is to just read stories like you mentioned at the start of a 
other people and, and be motivated by hearing the stories of other and the fact that they took a while to get there as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got it. Valuable. So you, you don't like approach of Elon Musk, you know, to change anything now from the first day. <laughs> oh my God, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see, we'll see. I don't know. I, I have the final question. The final yep. question. Uh, mm -hmm. Let's imagine you started from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills. What would you do to learn today about repurposing content? Um, I think uh, I would start with getting good with video content. So if I was going to be starting like at, at scratch um, and trying to work out how to make the most from content, um, it would be video that I would embrace. Um, I would try and launch something with an episodic aspect to it. So I would commit to something like something weekly, like um, something like a weekly video show uh, with video podcast or video live stream. Um, I'd commit to something. I'd force myself to commit to it. I'd publicly commit to it so that I would stick myself to it. And um, it, video, video would be at the top. Um, in fact, if I was brave enough, I would live stream like you, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. because I think that you build, you build, you know, sort of more uh, content from live stream, and you also can build like the um, the community aspect as well. Um, and then I would filter down from that because video is the most re repurposable form of content. So if I was starting from scratch, it would be a video first, um, video first approach with a heavy focus on repurposing into shorts form videos um, because the short form videos are just the most popular content on the social networks at the moment with reels, shorts, TikTok. Um, so that's why I would stick with like a video first approach. <laughs> Nice, nice. Love it, love it. Guys, uh, um, I think it's a good piece of advice. Just uh, start from video content because it's growing. Uh, people love consuming video content. Gen Z and Millennium prefer consuming video content. So uh, uh, it doesn't mean that if you are not good with writing, skip it. Uh, just write because you can win with writing as well. It depends on your strong side. Uh, Amy, uh, tell our audience how they can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. Yeah, of course. I think um, in terms of, I guess, like learning more about me and Content 10X, just head to content10x.com, which is content10x.com. Um, I think otherwise, um, maybe although I'm on all the social media platforms, so you'll find me on all of them at Content 10X, uh, LinkedIn would be a great place. So you'll find me, Amy Woods founder of Content 10X on LinkedIn. If you do connect with me, drop me a little note. Let me know that you saw me on this show as well. That would be great. Um, and yeah, I think that's probably the best way. <laughs> okay, guys, you can find uh, the link to LinkedIn and website uh, in the description below. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify. By the way, we repurpose this uh, format as well. So we are live really? streaming and yeah, repurpose to audio format, Spotify, Google, Apple. So choose the best format uh, and you can use as an example, you know, to create your content. Okay, guys, love you. See you. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.